Hey, what is up, Leafs fam, hockey world? This is the Leafs Convo. I am Norman James. Thank you so much for tuning in to this particular episode. I think it's going to be a history maker. The biggest one, Mike Agello, my podcast partner in crime, and I have ever done. And I'm talking about eclipsing the numbers that we used to pull in during the SoundCloud days of 2016 when we were simply known as the Convo. For the next 40 minutes, Mike and I are going to tackle your Maple Leafs questions, queries, curiosities, and concerns. You submitted your cues using hashtag AskMike on Twitter and YouTube. And now it is time for Mike and I to provide those cues with some A's. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. This special edition of the Leafs Combo starts right now. And here is our friend, the one and only Mike Augello. Are you packed for Texas, young man? Good morning, Norman. Um, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting ready. It's always uh, when you have a lengthy trip. It's always you, you, you're always making sure that you don't miss certain things that, that you'll need. And uh, yeah, I'm checking my list uh, twice before heading out to the Lone Star State. How long are you going State. for? How many days? Uh, leaving tomorrow and uh, getting back Sunday late. So uh, four. And you've got to account for how long it takes a steam locomotive to get down there. <laughs> no, I'm taking the space shuttle. For first <laughs> first ride via the space force. Yeah. Um, no, I did. You know, it's just I'm not I'm not the greatest of travelers, so uh, I just have to make sure that I'm all all set up and make sure I don't forget my computer or my phone or something like that. Because once, once you're there, Michael, you I think we need back. to tag you with a GPS just so we're certain that you are making your way in the right direction. Yeah, it's like the, the technology they use with the NORAD when Santa Claus is going from house Mike, to house you have to, to arrive Christmas. in Texas, buddy. I've already made a big deal out of it. I've created my little YouTube thumbnail picture. <laughs> I've plastered it all over social media. It looks beautiful, but the expectation is that you will arrive at the destination somewhat healthy and ready to go covering the Maple Leafs for us. So, Mike, can you at least somewhat promise that? Yeah, I'm, I, I can promise that. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, I'm surprised that you didn't superimpose a cowboy hat so it looked like J.R. Ewing. <laughs> you know what? I was actually thinking of doing that, and I told my wife, I'm like, look, I, I think I'm going to throw a 10-gallon on, on Mike's head. <laughs> She said, you're already making him look Please bad go. enough. So, you know, yes, and again, yes. let's, let's not forget, you yeah. and I do the, we, we do the dirty work here. We do the podcasting, but let's not forget if you are married or you have a significant other, she is the boss over all of this. So if Melissa wants to pull the plug on this project, that is the Leafs Convo podcast, you'll blame me, but it's somebody else um, pulling the strings. Anyway, Mike Hoffman, too much <laughs> Mike Hoffman on Twitter today, Mike. Uh, this guy is traveling toxicity, allegedly. Too much of Mike Hoffman, too little John Tavares. Let's get the Mike Hoffman trades out of the way. Then let's get into JT and then the Ask Mike questions. And then we'll let you start working your way down to Tejas. Well, the Hoffman deal uh, in relation to the Leafs, I just think it's interesting that I think Ottawa looked to move him out of the division and then San Jose decided to move him right back in the division. And if you look last year, near the end of the year, Florida, they had a bad start. They had some injury problems. Yeah. Their problems 
We're not on defense. We're not in goal, although James Reimer is not a number one. We're not up the middle because they have Barkov and Trocek and Bukestad, but they didn't have scoring wingers. And now Hoffman ends up back in the division. He can score. We, I'm just going to put all the stuff off the ice aside because we don't know for sure, sure. what's going on. And now he's going to get a now he's going to get a fresh start in Florida, but I think it looks bad for Ottawa because they got Michael Bodker as the main piece in the deal with San Jose. Michael Bodker has been nothing but a bust since the Sharks signed him, and they clear four million dollars in cap space with that deal, and then they flip Hoffman for draft picks. So San Jose um, may be well positioned now, even more so, to make a big pitch on John Tavares because they clean four million dollars of. That what what they probably considered wasted money on Bodker for the next two years. So they're going to be, you know, they if he gets to market, they're going to be players. For this is the least common Norman James, along with my podcast partner in crime, the Texas-bound Mike Ajello. Uh, a lot of the uh, the goings on in Mike Hoffman's life, allegedly with his what fiance or his wife and. The, the uh, verbal attacks or assaults on Eric Carlson and his wife, uh, uh, really ugly stuff. And a lot of it's alleged, uh, a lot of it's hearsay, a lot of it's innuendo. I, I, I don't want to delve into that mm-hmm. snake pit. So let's pull out of it. As, as you've mentioned, we probably shouldn't. I've actually been advised by a few people on Twitter to uh, focus on, on, on the player. Now, say Mike Hoffman gets to Florida and, you know, his head is clear. Hockey-wise, he can get out there. What kind of player is he? I I think he can score twenty-five to thirty goals, which he's done with the uh, with the Senators. Um, you know, if they put him on a top line with Barkov or put him a Trocheck, I mean, he's speedy. He's really skilled. Um, he's you know he's uh, an experienced experienced winger in the Atlantic Division, so it shouldn't be much of much of a transition for him. So I think you know all of the other distractions and all the other possible implications aside if it's we're talking strictly on the hockey side of it it's a good move for florida because they were shorthanded on the wings and not now you know i i, I there, there have been a lot of rumors about them being a potential destination for max patch already i don't think that's going to be the case now because of how you know how much how many uh, you know, how much expiring contracts can they take on or how many young prospects or draft picks can they move? So I, I think Florida took a step in the right direction in terms of scoring. So you know, that puts them in a more of a challenging position for the Maple Leafs because, you know, three or four spots uh, in the Eastern Conference probably come, or, or come out of the Atlantic Division. And if Florida is improved, then it'll be tougher for the other teams, the three teams that made the playoffs to, to make Yeah, absolutely, game. Mike. But we're expecting the Maple Leafs to comfortably situate themselves in the upper echelon of this league. So whether their rivals within the Atlantic are improved or um, have taken a step back, my, my belief is that the Leafs should be able to overcome them in a season series and finish above them in the standings when all is said and done. This is the Leafs combo, Norman James in London, Ontario, Mike Agello in Buffalo, New York. On our Leafs combo YouTube page right now in the vault section, I have posted a video about six and a half minutes of myself and John Tavares back in 2009 post the Oshawa to London trade. It was 
unbelievable. So he was just settling down and uh, he and I did a one-on-one within the night's dressing room. And we just talked about a lot of stuff. And right around the six minute mark, I, I asked him, I'm like, okay, here's the scenario for you. With the first pick overall, John Tavares selected by the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is before he was drafted. And this is during a lot of the posturing that Brian Burke, a lot of the um, squawk boxing that he was doing in regards to trading uh, picks and all kinds of things to get that first overall selection. And John Tavares' face lit up. And I don't know, almost 10 years later, the guy is potentially staring at an opportunity to fulfill his childhood hockey dream of playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But 10 years on professional hockey is different now. And there's a lot of millions at stake and there are there's playing time and different things at stake. And uh, I I certainly want to get into John Tavares, uh, Mike, as we get into your uh, ask Mike segment pre uh, NHL entry draft. So we can, we can do that as well. Um, just, I, I guess, last point on, on Hoffman and, uh, you know, what you're thinking in terms of how a lot of the baggage that is attached to him may um, affect what he's trying to do. Or does it, or does it, I mean, do you go to Florida to kind of seep into the obs- obscurity that is playing in Sunrise for a team that could be a dark horse, could be a surprise, could be a bust, but really no matter what, you go down there, you play, you live in that environment. Nobody really talks about you. Well, I, I think that that'll be a help in terms of, you know, getting out of Ottawa and going to a, an organization where he can get a fresh start. But, you know, it depends on where the allegations unfold and, you know, the investigation, which I'm sure is still going to be ongoing uh, involving him and his fiance. Um, but it's uh, what I, what I take out of it and sticking strictly to hockey is, Ottawa is not done and Ottawa is going to, it's, it appears they're going to significantly tear down uh, that franchise um, because Eugene Melnick doesn't want to spend tons of money. Now they may make a bid on Eric Carlson, but I don't think Eric Carlson wants to stay in Ottawa and I'm not basing that on anything that I've heard, just my opinion uh, and the, uh, the obvious, you know, the obvious situation. I, I don't think he wants to stay in Ottawa, even if Ottawa offers him what is a comparable offer at eight years for what he, that what he would get in free agency someplace else. And, they have other players like Mark Stone, who's an RFA, Cody Cece, who's an RFA, um, Matt Duchesne, who's a UFA after next year. So they've got you know, three, four players that they have to make decisions on. And I think that this is a rebuild, and I think that that's what they're going to do. And I think he, this is the first of many moves you're going to see the Senators make. This is the Leafs combo, Norman James with Mike Jello. I'm just admiring some of my arts and craft projects that uh, included your face and pictures and silly little graphics thumbnails for the YouTube page. But, you know, going to YouTube school and, and taking the, uh, the 101 test that they usually give out for people who are trying to learn how to uh, live and die and prosper on YouTube, they tell you that the, the, the thumbnail and the imagery is ultra important. And the goofier sometimes the better. Uh, and in this world of uh, machismo that is uh, hockey and its fandom, sometimes that, that goofiness doesn't play too well, but I could give a shit. We're doing our own thing here on the Leafs Convo podcast, and we're doing it well. Do you want to get into some questions, Mike? There's all kinds of stuff regarding Tavares and speculation, so we can get at it if you want. Yep. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, first question is from at Cam Watts 25 
Uh, hey, Mike, Franzen or Shen, if you bring back one former Leafs D-man, who would it be? <laughs> I, I built you up and I started with a bust, Mike. Franzen or Shen? Wow. Well, since Cody Franzen was playing for Rockford in the AHL during the Calder Cup playoffs, oh and Luke Shen was playing for and Luke Shen was playing for Arizona, I would and Luke they're both right hand shots, so uh, I would say Shen on a one year deal, but I don't think any of them are in the plans for the Leafs. All right, Sorry. hashtag Ask Mike. This one from Kirk Anderson at K Joseph Anderson. Do the Leafs trade Nylander for a stud D? Actually, stud's the wrong term to to use to describe someone who's really good. Look it up. Uh, I don't use it. Uh, once you look it up, you'll never use it again. Or do they have another option? Did you get that, Mike? Options. I don't think they, ha- yeah, I don't, I don't think they have to trade Nealander to get a quote stud defenseman unquote. Um, I think they have other pieces that they can move and they can package a draft pick, a prospect, a player to get that defenseman. Um, I think that their aim here is to sign Nealander to a bridge deal. And I mean, I think the, the chances are less now that he gets that long-term deal, unless everything fits perfectly. If he, if he takes a deal that the Leafs think is a good value, but I, I, I think, we're going to see a two or three year bridge okay. deal. This one from my buddy Jens at Jay's Leafs Pats. Sparks, Nylander, and a pick package to Edmonton for Nurse, et cetera. Yes, please, would you? No way. I mean, I like that's Darnell Nurse. I think a he's a good, really up. good defenseman, but. Yeah, that that's way way too much, way too much. I mean, if, if first of all, I don't think I don't think Edmonton is trading Nurse. I don't think they're trading. I think the, the, the defenseman they're probably trading is Clefbaum. Um, he's sort of fallen out of favor there. There's been a lot of speculation about Clefbaum to Buffalo and a deal for Rasmus Ristolainen, and that makes a little bit of sense. But I, I don't think they're moving Nurse. Nurse has grown into a pretty good, young, tough defenseman. You know, can skate. He's not great offensively, but he's good enough. And that for a team that's Heart you know, does not have had a number of defensive problems. Why about, would you get rid of Darnell Nurse? Sparks, Nylander, no and a pick for Drew Doughty. I, I, Drew Doughty. Drew yeah. Doughty is re-signing with Los Angeles. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. And what, what does Los Angeles need Garrett True. Sparks for? They have Jonathan Quick. They have. Uh, they have Cal Peterson, who was a uh, Buffalo draft pick, who they signed as a free agent. He's probably going to be their future goaltender. They're, I mean, don't th- don't get me wrong. Garrett Sparks is going to have interest from teams who need a goaltender. I think you know teams like Carolina, teams like the Islanders, who are looking for maybe a, a number two who can play more uh, than the usual backup amount. I, I think he'll have interest, and I think the Leafs, if they get something of value back, we reference Jay him. Beagle in the. Last podcast that we did, Q&A styles, uh, you and I doing our thing. It's entitled The Blockbuster and the, Be- <laughs> the, Blockbuster and the Beagle. It's like I'm writing TV uh, for, for Disney or something. That's uh, <laughs> just r- ridiculous. But again, YouTube, YouTube 101. Um, Kyle Outridge, is uh, Paul Stastny an option the Leafs should pursue heavily? Who do you think plays fourth line center for the Leafs next season? Is Paul Stastny a fourth line center? And this is why I referenced Jay Beagle. Hashtag ask Mike from Kyle Edwards. 
first of all, Paul Stastny is closer to being a number one than a number four. Yeah. He was making seven and a half million dollars last year and played on yeah, Winnipeg's either number one or number two lines. So he's not. But they were they're clumped in together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, Right. No. So do I think Stasny is on the radar for the Leafs? No, because I think he's going to with with the, the center core after Tavares, the number two center in free agency is probably Stasny and the number mm-hmm. three is Tyler Bozak. So right now, I think, you know, Stasny could get a three or four year deal at six to six and a half million simply because there are not a lot of centers out there and that's way too much for the Leafs in terms of third line center I think if they get a third line guy it's going to be via a trade and who who the fourth line center will be I I think it'll be either Freddie Gauthier or Miro Altonen or Power Lindholm it'll probably be internal it probably won't be external it probably will not be a repeat of Dominic Moore or Thomas Buchanan if they have a couple Mm -hmm. a couple guys inside the organization that they can explore fourth line with the this is the least combo norman james and mike uh, jello i think we've reached 50 podcasts since you and i rekindled this magic mike what late march and we've been on youtube for uh two months we're doing pretty well man we're doing pretty well massive mm-hmm. massive of numbers of hits and viewers and comments and downloads it's just been spectacular uh tell your friends about this podcast if you are if you are a subscriber and you love what we do, tell your friends about what we are doing and encourage them to subscribe to this podcast. This is not here today, gone tomorrow. Trust me. Mike and I know what we're doing. We've been in this before. We've been we've, we've had this podcast rocking and rolling at peak. We took a break. Now we're back, and this thing is going to be crazy out of control. This is the place you want to be, just legit, no bullshit. We, we care about hockey. We care about all aspects of the game. We're not pretentious. We, we bring everybody in. Mike, you wanted to say something? No, I was just going to say, if you didn't say it, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do on, on our YouTube See, channel. I come in and I, I, I ask, and people are usually like, well, then I bring in Mike Agello. Mike Agello comes in, he basically tells you to subscribe, and the uh, subscribe button just goes completely off the hook, off the chain. Uh, Brendan yeah. Bridgman, uh, at Mike and Buffalo at the Leafs combo, should the Leafs trade Gardner before his contract expires next year or sign him? to an extension ps love the podcast keep up the great work mike if you're asking me yes yes, with a capital y uh if you're asking if you're asking kyle dubas uh i don't think he's gonna let you know until we either see an extension or we see him trade it so he keeps his cards close to his vest and i think that's that'll that'll stay the same but based on i mean this is the thing It, it is a big free agent year for defensemen but Dowdy probably resigns with LA on July one. Uh, we've already seen Ekman Larson. You know, they're, they're saying that it's it's a done deal in Arizona that he's going to resign for eight years. More than likely, Tampa is going to resign Ryan McDonough, who they traded, you know, numerous young prospects and draft picks for. That leaves you know Jake Gardner and uh, and, and and Eric Carlson. And if somebody makes a big trade for Carlson. You know, they're probably going to want to get him signed. You know, that Jake Gardner could be the number one or the number two mm-hmm. defenseman in that class. And if you haven't learned, if the Leafs haven't learned their lesson, and I think they have from what happened with Van Riemsdyk and Bozak okay. this year, 
you know, the team, I, I don't think that they were a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I think they were a good team, but they had opportunities to get num- a number of young assets and draft picks for those players. They didn't do it, and they and they didn't advance in the playoffs. So to me, that was a bad decision on the part Mike, of the Mike, let's not misconstrue our point here. We know Jake Gardner is a top, on, on a Stanley Cup winner, he's 3-4 on the Maple Leafs, obviously a top two guy. If you could, if you could pair him with, a player of the same talent set, but with different skills, more lent more <laughs> to the defensive aspects of the game, maybe a little more rugged, a little bit more physical, but on par metrically with someone like Jake Gardner, then he's fine. However, he just doesn't have that player to counter counterbalance his, uh, the assets that he brings to the game. And then when you take him, uh, Morgan Riley, Nikita Zaitsev, Timothy Lilligren, mm-hmm. Travis Dermott. You've got players all within the kind of in the same ilk. And you ask yourself, which of these players is in a position to, to, to be parted with and not hurt the franchise uh, going forward? And you look at Jake Gardner, and he is that guy based on the fact he's got one year left, the money he's making. Um, you have a, a lot of these young players who are in the same mold as Jake Gardner coming up through the pipeline, yet you just don't have, you don't have someone to play on, on the other side of the blue line to counteract what, or to counterbalance and complement what Jake Gardner gives. So that's, that's why Jake Gardner's the target here. If he stays and the Leafs can augment what he does with some, with a player who does what Jake Gardner doesn't do, then fine and dandy, but I don't know if, if that's going to be possible. So this isn't an anti-Jake Gardner thing. He's all great, but clearly with this defensive unit right now, this team uh, this team isn't winning a Stanley Cup. It needs to be upgraded, and it, I think it's going to have to part with one of its players in order to bring back uh, a sufficient player to help uh, get this team to where it wants to go. It's far be it from being a sure. pro or anti Jake Gardner statement. It's 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 base it's basically asset management. If you're going to sign him, then yeah. sign him. If you're not going to sign him, you the last the last thing you do is let him play out the contract because if he has another career year, if he scores more than fifty two points and he goes into free agency, you know, with with a, with a case to make you know six six and a half seven million dollars a year then you either trade him now and get value for him coming off a career year, or you trade him at the deadline and you get as much as you can for him, but you don't let him walk away for nothing. And I, I, I still don't understand why they let, why, why they did not move Van Riemsdyk coming off a, a career Mike, year. Mike, you're still angry at Matt Sundin for not waiving his no-trade clause. Matt's is, the, Matt's is the greatest leaf of all yes. time, man. Matt Sundin, <laughs> is, he's king. If, if you want to doubt Matt Sundin's skills, Watch that game in 06 against Calgary. He, he reaches 500. This is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in hockey. He scores a hat trick to reach 500 goals for his career. His third goal, the Leafs shorthanded in overtime. He rushes the puck past Calgary's blue line. Let's go of an effing bullet that Mika Kiprasov didn't even bother trying to stop. He was leaving the net before the puck hit the twine up under the banister. You remember what I'm talking about, Mike. Come on, you got to give Matt's his credit. We're not continuing this podcast until you reconcile right here, right now. I I, I give Matt Sundin credit of being a Hall of Fame player and a great player, but I, I, I continue to say that um, I, I 
don't hold him in as much high regard because he didn't wave his no trade clause. Hey, he, so that's, I always say that. He wanted to hit the bottom with his teammates, Mike. Come on. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, absolutely. You and you know what? Wonderful. He, he did eat his chunky soup, just like Mama told him. Right. And didn't he beat Wayne? Didn't he beat mm. Wayne Gretzky in yes. a game of uh, hockey horse or whatever the hell they were playing in those McDonald's commercials? Legend. A few more questions. Obviously, we want to talk about John Tavares as well. Chris in the six. Go through what you think the least promotional video for John Tavares would look like. Well, obviously, I'd have to consult with YouTube myself and create a bunch of thumbnails for him. But what about what about you? Yeah, I I don't know. All I know is I think a little bit of this is being made into a little bit much because I think probably all NHL teams that are interested in a, in a free agent like Tavares are doing something similar to this. So I think just the fact that it's Toronto and it's the Leafs and it's a signature free agent like Tavares. And we remember the hype a couple of years ago when Stamp Ghost was about to hit the market and what the Leafs did in terms of bringing in the mayor of Toronto and the CEO of Canadian Tire and all this, all, all the, everything. You know, it may it may be completely meaning, meaningless because he could sign a contract oh, with the Islanders before why? the five day window. I, I think I think all all the teams are prepared, and I, I wouldn't personally understand it if he doesn't at least listen to other teams. And I think that that's apparently what's going to happen. He's going to now his agent is uh, the CAA and Pat Brisson, and they're based in Los Angeles. So I believe well, I think it was Darren Drager that reported that if he gets to this time next week, which will be the five day negotiating window mm-hmm. before July one, that you know as many as three to five teams will probably make presentations, and I'm sure Toronto will be one of them. And this this reported video, video. will be it. But I don't think that's anything different than what's <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's anything different. I don't think that's anything different than what what San Jose or Buffalo or whoever is interested in him and whoever they are deemed to, to to listen to is going to do. And it's in the end, it's going to be where he wants to play and where he thinks he has the best chance to win a Stanley Cup. So, I, you know, I I think it was funny, but I honestly, I think it's just a, it's yeah. a Toronto-centric story. Uh, get the two guys on the corner who make the industrial videos. You know, it's uh, how, to, how to install training wheels on a bicycle. Get just something so mundane and so boring. Get Napoleon Dynamite in on it. That would just be, just and it's almost like, yeah, John. Honestly, forget about the damn videos. You you know what's going on here. Make 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 your fucking dreams come true. Make it happen. Like enough of this, enough of this nonsense. This is an opportunity, Mike, for a. This is an opportunity for a massive free, a, a player of huge stature who was ushered into the league with incredible fanfare, maybe didn't necessarily live up to the generational talent hype. I mean, he's arguably generational talent, but now has the chance to take his career to the next level with the biggest team in the game and, and actually bringing to fruition the whole concept of that Toronto born and bred star ultimately finding his way home during during a period of his career where he still has much to give, where he's not on the, you know, the downward slope of his career. This is an opportunity for that. Now, I don't know if he cares the same way or has that same affection for the Leafs that he did all those years ago when I was interviewing him uh, in, in the Knights dressing room and asking him how he'd feel about being selected by the Maple Leafs. But knowing where the Leafs are 
and where he might be in about a week and a half's time. <laughs> this guy has a chance. This guy has a chance to defy the odds. He, I mean, it's in his court, really. Is it not, Mike? It it is, and uh, I think that as opposed to a couple of years ago, and then I, I brought this up on uh, on on the uh, the buzzcast earlier this morning. Uh, you know, the Leafs are in a completely different place than they were two years ago. Remember, when they were going after Stamkos, they hadn't drafted Austin Matthews yet. They were coming off last place in the entire league. Stamkos is probably his yeah. uh, perception was, I'm going to be looked upon as being a, having to be the savior in Toronto, and if it doesn't work, I'm probably going to get excoriated like David Clarkson did. Now, in this instance... There is support there. There's a young core of a really good team with Nealander, with Marner, with Matthews, and it's an embarrassment of riches. And it's not going to be all on John Tavares. But that being said, he may decide he wants to stay in New York. He may decide that San Jose, now that they've added a Vander Kane and they have a group of players there and they get to, you know, they've got made lengthy runs in the playoffs the last few years that that's a place he wants to go we won't know until he makes the decision and i doubt anybody will know until probably until july 1st said, july 2nd if i can move to the united states i'd, I'd like I, I lived in texas for several years uh, a great time um romantic era amazing time i'd i'd love to live in california bay area for sure um but w when it comes to hockey and wanting to be in the thick of it i mean there's no better place than the the mecca of the game it's just true there's nothing wrong with that it's just true you just you just accept it and you move on and it depends on where john Tavares's head's at now if if the the complications of paying john Tavares to become a maple leaf get too convoluted and a little bit screwy then i could understand why he would pass up on the max deal for one year and then you know um signing a long-term extension in year two uh based on certain elements or certain things going right as opposed to just that massive lump sum of max dollars that he could cash in with going to say a san jose or staying uh on long island however from from where i'm sitting right now where he's been where he's at in his career and where the maple leafs have a potential of going next with a guy like him in the fray man oh man i, I you know I, never mind the agents i hope mom gets up there and says john get your ass back to toronto because uh not only does the family want you here but uh, your 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 hockey family millions of maple Leafs fan, fans would like you to come and uh, i don't know just just defy the odds make history john join the maple Leafs, win a damn stanley cup or two or three you know and and the re the rest is gravy. You may not have to buy a beer again anywhere you go, especially in the GTA. Uh, Tim the Enchanter at El Timbo Libre. I am curious to know how the marketing and per personal services proposals floated around with regard to MLSE and Tavares could be anything other than cap circumvention. What loophole would they be exploiting here? I mean, do, you're not Brandon Pridham. Well, but I, what, go ahead. No, but but with but with Stamkos, I mean, it's it's not cap circumvention if you bring in 
in this instance, Canadian Tire, and say, well, Stephen, if you come to Toronto, we we see an advertising campaign that we could pay you $2 million a year or whatever. I mean, I, I wasn't in the room. I don't know what the proposal was, but, you know, John Tavares and what he can earn in terms of advertising in San Jose as opposed to what he could earn in advertising in Toronto is night and day. So I think that they will take advantage of that. And I don't think it's cap circumvention to say this is part of what can make the difference here, you know, because he goes to California, he goes to Toronto, as opposed to going to someplace like Dallas or Tampa Bay or Florida, there's state taxes. And we know that what the taxes are in Ontario or like, but if he can make more money to overcome the difference, then it makes a return to Tor- a, a going to Toronto more plausible. I think that you know this, Kyle Dubas, Brandon Pridham, and the Leaf organization. You know, one of the things I think they're going to do is think outside the box and in, in, in trying to get more talent on this team. And I think you know they'll do everything within the rules to do so. I think he's from New York. Yeah, how are you going to pay him? How are you going to pay JT? He's asking. Sorry, I'm just paraphrasing how he's probably yelling at me right now. So yeah. how are you going to pay him, Mike? How are you going to pay JT? Well, I, I think, I think that you know one one part of it, assuming that they're not going to trade off, um, you know, significant assets because I, I that would sort of be defeating the purpose. I think the step one, if they if if, if say for example they sign Tavares to a seven year deal at say eleven million dollars per, which is I think probably mm. in the range of what he's going to sign for. Um, more than likely, you're talking about William Nealander on a bridge deal, and a bridge deal, a two or three year bridge deal, is going to cost you probably in the neighborhood of four million dollars, four and a half million dollars a year. So that's not the six million or six and a half or whatever that he would get on a long term deal. Then you're probably maybe you're moving out Jake Gardner, maybe you're. Um, I mean, you have to factor in the the Patrick Marlowe deal expires after. Uh, not this upcoming season, but the season after that. So that opens up money. So I think it's possible, but it's going to, it's going to have to be some creative accounting by the Leafs. And one of the things, and I, I don't know all the ins and outs of long-term injury, but there are teams out there that have players on long-term injury, like Marion Hosa with Chicago, who are looking to deal those mm. players. And if you place a player on long-term injury, that mm. opens up cap space. So in a sense, you can you can have a salary above mm. the salary cap and be able to fit more on the under the salary. Now that I don't know all the ins and outs of whether that can be done to go over it, but they did they did it with with Lupul and, and Nathan Horton, and maybe they could do that again uh in a deal to get Marion Hosa if they bring in Tavares. But uh, again, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. It's too much possible. creative accounting. For John Tavares to be paid, a potential turnoff for him and his representation. Well, I, I think what they're looking at is the feasibility of the okay. team being so we, competitive, be, aren't they? And having a chance to win it. Well, oh, no, okay. no, no. I'm saying in the long term. I mean, you've got to remember he's he's 27 years old. He is, and I, I'm using this phrase. I'm sure he doesn't think of it, but I think he's wasted some of his core career years in Long Island for the, the team has not been competitive. He has to choose a team that he believes is going to be competitive for the next five to six years and have a legitimate chance to win a Stanley Cup. And all the evidence points to the Leafs being that with Matthews, with Martyr, with the young group of players that they have, 
and you know they they have the financial resources to you know if they have to buy out players or if they have to take salary on or if they do, you know they, they can do that whereas other teams can't so i would think that where the leafs are and and the financial might behind the leafs is going to be helpful in making the case to john Tavares to come to Austin Marnlander, Mike's fourth-line center candidate. We've already kind of gone over that. And then we have uh, Dylan wants to know about, what about Darren Ryan as a – Derek Ryan, rather, as a 3C? Really? Was that – I don't think I don't think Derek I don't think Derek Ryan is a third line center. Like I don't think Jay Beagle is a third line center. Mm. I think they're good fourth line centers. But the pro- the problem is in this free agent class, like I said, when your top three centers are Tavares, Stasny, and pro- and probably Tyler Bozak, that Tyler Bozak is going to get three or four years at probably four four and a half million dollars, and everybody else will be overpaid because there's not much out there in terms of centers. That means Beagle probably gets, you know, two and a half to three million dollars. I don't know what Ryan's going to get, but the prices will be elevated. And when they are elevated, that makes the, the transaction of acquiring them less palatable because you're not getting the best bang mm. for the buck that you can get. That's why I think they'll I, I think the Leafs if, for their number three center, if if they don't if, if they don't hit the home run and get Tavares, I think they're going to look for a, 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 t- a trade where they can bring in a player who's got one year left in the contract because they have tons of cap space. They probably would get somebody relatively cheap if, if it's somebody with a big cap hit or, or a guy like uh, Vladislav Nemestikov from the, from the Rangers who was in Tampa um, and is a, is a pretty decent forward. It wouldn't have to be, wouldn't be too expensive and they could probably get him for uh, mm, probably yeah. a draft. Pick I mean, we can ask as many questions as we want uh, and throw out as many, possibilities uh, prognostications as answers as as we want but we just don't know until things happen with the maple leafs and we are hoping that a lot of positive things happen or transpire with the leafs over the next couple of weeks last one eli cohen our friend who's been a uh, leafs convo listener since the get-go at eli 362 just watched mm-hmm. the 94 playoffs gilmore and andrew chuck were great penalty killers why don't matthews and marner do the same the Leafs didn't even have a center on their penalty kill units this year because of their lack of experience, he asked. If so, will they kill penalties at a later date? I responded with Mitch Marner was an unbelievable PKer in junior, but Dale Hunter had um, Marner, Dvorak, and Tuchuk out all the time. I mean, these guys were trained to play all three zones, but in the NHL, young player like that, what, second or third year, I mean, you know, Mitch Marner, he's growing, he's getting better. Uh, and But Mike Babcock probably wanted him to be a little more focused on a certain aspect of the game while having other players on the team concentrate on, um, you know, the things like the PK. Mike, you want to answer his question? Then we'll uh, probably book it here. Well, they didn't they, – I mean, they used Bozak as a penalty killer at times. They used Placanets after they acquired him. I mean, they did use centers at times, but it was mostly Kamaroff and Connor Brown and Zach Hyman. And I think I think they don't use their stars because they don't want their stars blocking mm-hmm. shots and getting hurt. Uh, not to say that not to say that Connor Brown or the you know losing him or, or Hyman would be acceptable, but I, I think you know 
they don't want their they want don't want their star players getting hurt. They want the speed, uh, and and I think you know Matthews and and Marner are speedy, but I think you know the guys that they had penalty killer. I mean, Kapanen was a game breaker as a penalty killer because of his unbelievable speed. And how many times did he get breakaways during the lap, latter part of the season and into the playoffs? So. Um, I, I think the approach for the Leafs in terms of their penalty kill is good. I think they're going to continue to use the you know some their wingers, their defensive forwards, the guys with speed. I think the thing that will improve them the most in terms of penalty killers will probably be getting a defenseman who can clear the front of the net because I don't think uh, Roman Polak is going to be back, and I, I think you need more than Ron Hainsey and Nikita Zaitsev to to kill penalties. But I, I don't foresee them using heavily using Matthews or Marner. I like when we ask a question on or ask people to submit their questions for our podcast segment. And then these dipshits come along and try to answer the questions for us or for that person who's asking the question as if that question doesn't need to be asked or this podcast doesn't need to continue on. It's like, guys, man, we, you know, we're, we're trying to create something or it's, but it's funny. They're all kind of just uh, cherry picking some of the stuff we do. That's just a, personal comment but um i if i don't get the answer from mike Jello, to me um the answer's still at large uh do you have anything else you want to add mike um maybe just maybe some a personal hunch and expectation people love that kind of stuff mike you just want to throw it out there and wh- whether it mm-hmm. happens and turns out to be true in the end really doesn't matter i think people right now are just buzzing off a, a lot of adrenaline adrenaline and a lot of expectation for the draft on Friday and Saturday, and of course, free agency on July 1st, man. What a time this could be for many teams, including the Maple Leafs. Last point to you. Well, I'll, I'll stick with my prediction. And, you know, again, anything can happen in the draft. Uh, and they're not going to be able to zero in on one guy at number 25 overall. But if they do pick a particular position, I think it will be a center, simply because there are a lot of centers that are slated to go at the bottom of the first and top of the second round. Uh, I did a column a couple days ago on hockey buzz where I listed about, I'd say seven or eight. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that that's the direction they'll go. And uh, because the organizational depth at center um, past the, the guys that I mentioned for fourth line, they really don't do not have a young center other than Adam Brooks in the organization. They drafted one last year. They they're, they're really mm-hmm. bereft of center prospects. So they they I think they need to have a developmental center. Uh, in that they'll probably, if they keep the first round pick, and that's the other thing, I think Kyle Dubas, the, the chances are just as good that he's going to trade that pick, either trade down and get extra picks or trade out in terms of getting uh, a defenseman. He may have to include the first round pick as part of a package. But I think that those those are distinct possibilities of trading down or trading Mike, out. Mike, if the Leafs don't add a significant component come training camp but have accessorized, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't think it's going to be what the the majority of the fan base and what will make it uh, wants and what uh, will make a difference. But I I I I think that they need to add on defense, add a significant piece on defense, and they obviously have to plug the holes up the middle. And if they do that, I think they can, you know, continue the upward climb towards being a Stanley Cup contender. If they sort of just internally address things and pick at the edges and get a, you know, a depth defenseman, 
they'll make, they could make the playoffs, but I don't think that they, I think they remain sort of a dark horse at best in terms well, of Well, this team should be the making Stanley the playoffs Cup. every single year from now until I don't know when Austin Matthews decides to hang them up or leave the organization. This team now is in a, a, a new, it's at a new level, right? It's, 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 it has new company that it keeps and that company is one step below the elite company. And if you bring in John Tavares and then go get a defenseman to help Jake Gardner, um, keep things under wraps back there, or you move Jake Gardner out and bring someone back of the same caliber, but with a different sort of more defensive skill set, this team moves it up into elite company. Listen, Mike, thank you very much for answering all those questions. Another superb podcast. Uh, 95% to you, 5% to me, because I'm just the adhesive here, the, the gel that binds. We wish you safe travels down to Texas. Get down there, do your thing, and, and promise us that once all of your other work is done, because you have your you know, hands in a lot of pots, right? You're doing a lot of different things down there. Once things calm down, if we could get you on the blower while you're in Texas to do another podcast, that'd be great. Sounds good. Bye, Thanks, Mike. Norman. I love those Q&A segments with Mike Augello. The omniscient one teaches us so much about the game. And we all come away from that experience so much better for having had it. Let's hope John Tavares and his reps use their better judgment and elect to continue John's NHL employment with the Maple Leafs when that time comes. We don't know if the Leafs are even that interested in JT. We hope they are. And if they are, and JT is put in a position to make a decision on coming to Toronto and helping take the Leafs from contender status to elite contender status, fingers crossed that he makes the right decision and brings it home and helps his boyhood favorite team, the biggest team in hockey, finally win that damn Stanley Cup. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be something? Bonfire.com slash TLC dash gear. That's where you can buy your Leafs combo t-shirts. Another two weeks to get your hands on them. Want to see if we can spike up sales so we can help to support this podcast in ways beyond just listenership takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of time uh we're in it for the long haul and any way you can support us um we'd appreciate it very much we're growing every day getting bigger and better and it's all because of you and the great mike Ajello who heads to texas we wish him safe travels for mike i'm norman james this has been the leafs combo we'll talk to you real soon peace out <laughs>